Amen. We appreciate your giving. Come on with our Bibles in our hands. Let's go ahead and let's go through these confessions. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, feed my heart on today. Come on, put some, put your hands together and make some noise. Amen. All right, getting right after it. Um, let's put up the title for today. Today's title is Shaken Faith. Shaken Faith. Somebody say that when we say Shaken Faith. Kind of, kind of sounds like shake and bake, <laughs> but it's shaken faith. I want to give us a definition, define, uh, shaken here in just a, just a moment. So I'll have them pull that up on the screen. Shaken means having had one's composure or confidence upset, shocked, or disturbed. So having said that, we've been shaken. If you haven't been, something's wrong with your feeler. You must be emotionless if you don't feel somewhat shocked, disturbed, or just somewhat shaken. And there's no need in me just trying to put a pretty bow on it. We're shaken. Our faith has been shaken. So I've got another word to put up. I want to put this word up. And here's the word unshakable. And I know some of the, uh, yeah, and don't, don't stop him. He helping me preach. I love it. And I know some people, the deep folk would be like, but the scripture says we are Unshakable. The Bible talks about being unshakable. But pastor, you up here talking about shaking. So which one is it, pastor? And I know the deep, real spiritual folk, y'all don't want me saying something that's not in the Bible. And the Bible says we should be unshakable. And that's true. One of the things as pastors, one thing that's difficult, we're taught that we're not supposed to bleed on the sheep. In other words, we got to pull ourselves together in order to lead the people. Because if y'all come here and I'm bleeding on y'all, like, look, I could have went somewhere else if you just going to be down in the dumps. But I got to be somewhat honest when I preach. And so I'm not trying to be down in the dumps. I'm trying to say that I'm thinking and I'm learning that two things can be true at the same time. 
So uh, let's let's put up Hebrews twelve twenty eight from the New Living Translation. We do want to go to the Scripture. I don't want to be talking from my head. So let's go to the Scripture. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping Him with holy fear and awe. Holy fear and awe and. Uh, let's see, earlier this year, we did a seven-part series on the kingdom, a very uh, revelation and revolutionary uh, thing about the kingdom. So we, we understand we are part of the kingdom. And here this says the kingdom is unshakable. So this is scripture. So I can't I can't get around it. So this is what the scripture says. It says it's unshakable. But then it adds this. It says, let us be thankful, thankful. and please God by worshiping him. So we're called to thank God even when everything's not necessarily thank worthy. If, if you give me a gift and I like it, it's easy for me to say thank you. If you bless me with a bowl of chit- chitlins, it's a little harder to be grateful because I really don't like chitlins. Don't like the way they smell. Don't really want them. In my house, if you cook me barbecue raccoon, it's hard for me to be extremely thankful because that's not what I want. So, God, are you saying that when we get stuff that we don't want, that we still should be thankful? I'm not quite tracking with you, Father. And so I want to put this point up. Because I'm, I'm going to make it make sense in a in minute. We can be both shaken and unshakable simultaneously. Yes. The kingdom is unshakable. But we can be shaken in the unshakable kingdom. Certain things can disturb us, disrupt us, even though the ultimate outcome is unshakable sometimes the process is in between you can be a little shaken and I feel like it's I don't really like it but I feel like it's much better for us to be honest about it so that we don't put on some some magical face as if this is magic no this is life This is our human experience. And yes, the kingdom is unshakable. Yes, God is powerful, but we can feel powerless even though we're serving a powerful God. Even though we have the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, we can be broken and stripped down to nothing in the process. And I'm so glad I go to the deliverance temple because I ain't got to play with it. I can tell you the truth. I'm shaking. Shaking, broken, all all those, all, all, all those things. And so. Two things can be true simultaneous, but, but, but the scripture truly does say unshakable, but I want to go back a few verses because it doesn't just say unshakable. That's the problem with just taking one verse. You can pull it out of context. Let's back up a few verses and let's look at it in its context. Let's look at uh, Hebrews twelve twenty six. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, 
but the heavens also. So even God says that, that there comes a time that I actually do some shaking. Even though the kingdom is unshakable, I actually work in shaking things up. All right, let's look at verse 27. This means that all of creation... Hold, will- hold on, hold on. I, I seen something that I didn't see when I was preparing this. It says... It's a weird word in there. It says, what? This means that what? All of creation. All of creation. Come on. Are you part of the creation? Yes. Yes. Okay, read it again. Maybe I'm, I'm getting a little confused. Read it again. This means that all of creation will be shaken. Will be what? Shaken. Shaken. And removed. Uh Uh-huh. So that only unshakable things will remain. Huh. So everything at some point in life is going to be shaken. But the shaking is not to break you. The shaking is so that the unshakable remains. So you're going to be shook so you won't be shook. You're going to be shaken so you can't be shaken. It sounds good, but I need you to explain this, God. Now, of course, I know where I'm going, but I'm talking to you almost as if when God gave it to me. This is how I was processing through it. All right, let's let's put up two more points. Point number two. It is actually created that way by design. So in other words, it was, there are certain things that are designed to be shaken and unshakable simultaneously. Here's another point. I'm going to bring it home in just a second. I got a picture that's going to bring it home for you. So point number three, there is a beauty in the shaking. When you begin to understand the full process, there actually is a beauty in the shaking. All right, now I'm, I'm going to give you a picture that'll put it all together because as I was thinking through this, processing through this, this picture popped in my head and I was like, wow, that's a beautiful analogy. Put this picture up. It's a picture of a snow globe. We've all had snow globes before and the power and the beauty of a snow globe is it's meant to be shaken. It's only really, truly beautiful when you shake it up. Go back to the picture for a second, though. So there's particles inside the snow globe that are meant to be shaken. But there's some stuff in there that's supposed to be unshakable. So when you shake the snow globe, if the house gets to floating and the trees get to floating... And the mountains get to floating. You say this thing is broken. Because even when you shake it. Some stuff is supposed to be shook up. But some stuff is supposed to remain. And it's only beautiful. If the right things shake. And the other things remain the same. So it's supposed to be shakeable. And shaken. Excuse me. It's supposed to be unshakable. And shaken at the same time. All right, let's let's put point number four up. I'll try to bring it home. Shook, but ultimately unshaken. So basically, I'm giving you the premise of the whole 
uh, message today. Here's the premise of the whole shaken faith message is shook, but ultimately unshaken. If you're not shook, something's wrong with you. But what we're saying is that the shook feeling is not the ending feeling. It is the temporary, momentary. It's what we are experiencing right now, but that's not how we will end. Let's uh, go to Psalms 55, the NIV version. Somebody say snow globe. Snow globe. All right. Uh, let's, let's look at Psalms 55, 1 through 2. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught. Amen. Some people tell you just, just pray, pray it. They think just pray it out and it'll go away, but they don't really read the scripture. When, when, uh, David prayed, he prayed, but he said exactly how he was feeling. Yes. Now I lay me down to sleep. Lord, I pray my soul to keep. Yeah, that's not always our prayer. Sometimes our prayer is I'm distraught. I'm confused. I'm hurt. But this is what David said in the process. He said, listen to me, God. This is how I feel right now. God, listen to me. I'm calling out your name. I, I, th- this is not the kind of prayers you do in church. So you want people to hear you. I, I hear people tell me all the time. I don't like praying out loud because I'm afraid of what people will say when they hear me pray out loud because you're praying the prayers that you're trying to impress people with. But there are other prayers you can't impress nobody with. It's prayers like, God, help me. Please. That's what David was doing. So when you look at the scripture, we find out that we are not alone in those type of settings. Let's look at verses four through five. Just, just, just looking at the reality of what he's saying. My heart is in anguish within me. My heart, I'm blessed of the Lord. I'm highly favored. I'm too blessed to be stressed. That ain't what he said. Now, maybe you're in a season where you're too blessed to be stressed. Praise God for you. But David said, my heart is in anguish within me. All right, read this. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. David, I like the fact that we can go to the scripture and find somebody somewhere being honest. David said, I'm overwhelmed. I'm in terror. I'm in fear. This is just where I am. Let me pause and say this that I think is good for us to understand in this day and age. One of the problems that we've learned and we're learning as it relates to mental health is we've been told to bury everything. Hide everything. Don't talk about it. Just It'll get better. Some stuff ain't going to get better until you're able to articulate, this is how I feel. Let, let, let me pause for a second, and this is not for every church. This is for Deliverance Temple because we, we, we need deliverance. Sometimes you got to cuss your way through. I ain't talking about cussing folk out, but you ever found yourself in a situation where you said stuff you didn't plan on saying? It's 
okay. I'm not saying you should stay there, but it's okay to be, this is how I feel right now. How are your marriage going to get better if you can't every now and say, I can't stand her. I can't stand him. And God, I need some help. And therapist, I need you to fix it. It doesn't make sense for you to go to the therapist and act like everything's okay. Everything's not okay. I want her gone tomorrow. That's what I feel. And maybe I can get some help if I can stop hiding how I really feel. And we told the church to just put on a church face, but let's stop faking the funk and tell folk how we really feel. And David said, my my heart's in anguish. I'm broken. Me personally, I'm broken. I'm your pastor and and I'm your leader. I'm broken. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Am I upset with God? Not totally because I'm too scared of him to be upset with him. But am I disappointed? Yes. It Some stuff just don't make sense. But why do I keep doing what I'm doing? Because I'm able to honestly just let it all hang out. Yes. Talk it through. Now, now, I am in therapy myself. I'm actually in therapy. I have a therapist and I got an appointment on Tuesday. I'm doing everything I know to do. I'm not just, just trusting oil. Thank God for the oil. I'm not just trusting fasting. Thank God for fasting. I'm not just trusting the Bible. Thank God for the Bible, but I need anything that will help. I'm trying to figure out how many vacation days I got left to tell the job, shove it. Let me have a few days, whatever will work. I need it. And the older you get, the more you're going to have to look out for yourself. I love them songs we played on the screen, but sometimes I don't want to hear that. I need some Luther Vandross in my life. I I need some Jodeci and I I need something else. It's okay to be honest. Do what you need to be the person that you need to be. And all I'm saying is just be honest. Now, when you are trying to find yourself, you got to understand you have to operate within boundaries. Somebody say, Pastor, I just need a drink. Go ahead and have your drink, but don't have too many. Don't do too much because you get yourself in trouble. So so find the boundaries. But but as long as you can be honest, you're going to find yourself being able to to work through many, many things. Let's look at verse six. Look at what David said. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. David said, if I could, I'd get up out of here. No, David, don't talk like that. Don't say that, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but this is how I feel. If I had wings, I'd be gone. Yes. And I'd be at rest. David, David, this is the Bible. This is what the Bible says. And, and I'm saying to all of us, if you're feeling like that sometimes, don't let some deep Christian tell you you're not saved. You are saved. You're just shook right now. Let's look at verse 7 and 8. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I want to pause right there. It's amazing how things you know wouldn't provide what you need start looking good. 
The desert doesn't have a lot of life. The desert is dry. And David said, I would go to the desert. Right now, the desert looks good. Let me say this to some of y'all single folk. Every now and then, you get so stressed out, your ex looks good, and you know your ex ain't worth a dime. You prayed to get away from him, but you can get so shook that you want to find his or her number. You know better, but you can go through so much stress that bad stuff looks good. And you're not wrong. You're just shook. All right, let's read some more of that same verse. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and storm. All right, let's look at, uh, drop down to Psalms 55, 16 and 17. As for me, I call to God and the Lord saves me. What I love about the Psalms, David is very honest, but he always turns it somewhere in his writing. As for me, I call to God and the Lord. When you see the Lord capitalized, it's the Hebrew Yahweh. And Yahweh actually means the Lord saves. So he said, I call to God and the Lord saves me. Read this. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress. And he hears my voice. One of the reasons why I keep doing what I'm doing is because in the night I cry out for him. In the morning I cry out for him. In the noontime I cry out for him. And somewhere in the process, he hears my voice. He hears my cry. Now here's the thing. David says, I keep crying. Some of us, we only tried a little bit and then we're done. I tried the God thing and I'm done. It didn't work. No, David said, I kept crying. I kept calling. I kept searching. I kept looking. I kept praying. I kept giving. I kept coming to church. I kept pressing my way. And I can't lie to you. It didn't happen in January. It didn't happen in February. It didn't happen in March, April to May. But one day somehow God heard my cry and he saved me and he delivered me. I can't promise you when, but I'm going to keep calling him because guess what I don't have nobody else to call Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not Erica do so I can't call Tyrone I, I, I didn't call everything else and it has not worked I promise you saints if there was something better I'd be trying it out but everything else I've tried has failed me so I'm going to keep calling on the name of the Lord the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're safe. It says the righteous run. If you're running for safety, it means there's something on your tail that is terrorizing you, but you run to the name of the Lord. Yes, hallelujah. I've been high before, but it didn't do what I wanted it to do. So that's why I don't go back to it. When I did get high in college, I started thinking about God. God was messing up my high. So ain't no need me trying again because he's going to mess up my high again. So I'm going to try you. 
God. I don't want no CBD gummies. I don't want no THC gummies. I want you, God. I'm not, I'm disappointed in you, God, but I'm still trusting in you, God. You're the only thing I got. You're the only thing that makes sense. I would have been crazy a long time ago if it wasn't for you. So I'm still sticking with you. I don't understand it. I don't like it, but God, you got to help me. And I know you're going to help me because I've seen your track record. You've proven your to me down through the ages and even though I'm in the dumps right now God I know you can bring me out I don't want crack I don't want sex I don't want Morgan David I want you still I still believe you can bring me out I still believe you can turn it around I still believe you can hold me up so I'm crying out to you not just on Sunday morning when folk are around no, I do this when you can't see me. I'm crying out to God in the shower, cutting grass in the car. I've been crying out to God. And that's why my mind has not snapped. Yes. I've been crying out to God. Yes, now, does he always audibly answer? No. But one thing I've learned by being in therapy is the therapist told me is that trauma comes in your body. And unless it gets out of your body, it will do things inside of your body. In other words, you do not have to be sick to get sick. Something that happens in your mental capacity can actually go through your body and it can make you sick. So the therapist said, how do you let things out? And I said, sometimes when I'm driving, I told her that when I was riding with my friend, we had a good time riding to work and we were sharing uh, responsibilities as gas was related. And so when he got moved to another shift, I thought, man, this is not fair because now I got to spend more gas money and yes I have to spend more gas money but now I got a whole bunch of alone time in my car I've been able to cry in my car I've been able to laugh in my car I've been able to shout in my car I've been able to fuss in my car just me by myself but what the therapist was telling me that it's actually good because you're allowing some of the stuff that's coming in you to get out of you and when you get some of that stuff out of you it can't control you it can't damage you some of you you just need a shouting message and the shouting moment bow you by yourself look at the wall and holler and scream and cry and let some of that stuff out and guess what god knows how to hear it all yes hallelujah now it's good if you can tell somebody but sometimes you can't trust folk if I really yelled the way I want to yell, you go around and look pastor crazier than what I thought he was. It's rougher than what I thought it was. But listen, let's just be honest. Life is hard. life is life in us right now. But guess what? I, I'm calling out to God anyhow. I'm crying out to God anyhow. And guess what? While I'm crying out to God, sometimes I get ticked off and I start talking to the devil. I'm sick of you with your ugly self. I'm tired of you messing with my city. I'm tired of you messing with my money. I'm going to get the last laugh. I may be hurting right now, but I'm going to get the last laugh. Guess what? The rounds have not finished yet. I'm still in the boxing match. I still got the gloves on my hand. The referee has not counted me out yet. So devil, I'm swinging back. Devil, I'm hitting back. I might be doubled over right now, but I'm swinging back again. I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting till I win this thing. Yes, 
But also, I'm tired of getting hit. I wouldn't mind, uh, somebody say, uh, I wouldn't mind taking a shot from Mike Tyson and get all the million dollars. Me either, but I don't want to get hit. I don't really like pain. But sometimes in the fight, you get hit. And the thing about the devil, he sucker punches. There's no real referee. He sucker punches you. He don't fight fair. But are you still here? Are you still, I mean, do you still have your mind? I know your mind about ready to fall over, but do you still have your mind? Sometimes you got to realize it seems like we're the ones breaking down, but it's the devil breaking down because of all the things he tried to put us through, we still keep praising God. Yeah. We still keep believing in God. We still keep calling on the name of the Lord. Yes, it's difficult for us, but think about how difficult it is for him. After all he done, he still can't get the glory. After all he tried, he still hasn't made you stop. After all he's done, he still can't make you give up. After all he tried, he he don't know what else to do. I thought this would do it. I thought that would do it. I thought this would do it. And somehow they're getting better. I'm stronger. I'm wiser. I'm better. I never would have made it if it wasn't for the Lord. I still believe God. I still trust in his faithfulness. I still tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord. I wonder how stressed out the devil is after all he's done. 2020 rolled around. Here he is working up COVID. I know COVID going to do it, bro. COVID hit us. And man, pandemic hit us. And fun, some folk were broke when the pandemic started, then started businesses and got more money in the pandemic than they ever had before started businesses in the middle of the pandemic. And the devil was like, that's not what I was trying to do. I was trying to depress them and crush them and take them out. And somehow they're still making it. They're better than they were before. I don't know what to do. And I hope every day of my life I make that ugly devil matter and matter and crazier and crazier because I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm not rolling over. I'm not bowing out. I'm still fighting. I still got some fight left in me. Let's read Psalms. Uh, where, where, where did I leave us off at? 16 and 17. Let's read Psalms 55 and 22. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Wait a second. So he's saying there's a process. Yes, yes, you're going to be shaken momentarily, but I will never allow you to be shaken, shaken, to the point of no return. If you cast your cares on the Lord. The same David that was saying, God, I'm in anguish. I'm in terror. I'm overwhelmed. He said, but I'm going to cast my cares on the Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to throw, when, when you look at that in Hebrew, sometimes we think, uh, cast, we just think of like, oh, just toss. 
But it's almost like a fishing reel. When you cast a reel, you're throwing it out there. So I don't care how many cares that keep coming to you, just keep throwing them out. Keep trying to get them off of you. Keep trying to toss them. Keep trying to let them go. And whatever it takes, whatever it takes that's well within the boundaries, you know, you know you better than I know you. Whatever is well within the boundaries, try it, do it, and keep casting. And here's the promise. You won't be shaken. In other words, you won't be, you won't be terminally shaken. You'll be like the snow globe. You'll be beautiful, but all the parts that should remain will remain. Yes. All the things in you that should stay put will stay put if you can just keep on trusting. Is it difficult? Yes, it's difficult. Yes. But, but, but what's the alternative? Here, here's the, if you give up, it's not like the situation going to get better. It is what it is. So if it's going to be what it's going to be, I might as well try to make the most of it than just sit and just give up because I've never known giving up to actually do anything of any essence. So I really don't have a choice but to move forward. I, I re- there really is no choice because the alternative is nothing. Either you're just going to stay stagnant, you're going to give up, or you're going to move forward. Is moving forward difficult? Yes. But staying stagnant is not really that great either. It may feel good for a moment, but look at your backyard, or your front yard, or your car, or your purse, or your closet. How have any of those things got better just leaving them alone? How, your, your, your kitchen. Cook a nice big meal and then just leave all the dishes there. Leave the trash in the trash can and just go on about your business and just see will it get any better. I don't care how good the meal was. After a few days, the house going to start stinking. Because when things just stay stagnant and there is no movement, it begins to just rot. So really, you have no choice but to move forward. Now, yes, spiritually, you can backslide. But some of us, we too old to be backsliding now. You done sold all your old wild oats already. You ain't got a whole bunch left in you. You might as well just Live holy now because they don't nobody really want you, but who you got now anyway. So you really don't have too many choices. Really, the only option is to move forward. Real quick story. I've told it before that I think it makes a lot of sense and then we'll, then we'll close. It's the story I tell of the wildebeest looking at the, uh, the Animal Planet Channel, one time looking and seeing the wildebeest, and it's in the Serengeti Desert. Yeah. So interesting about these wildebeest is that they, at some point in the year, they migrate. And they migrate not because they want to migrate, they're forced to migrate. The vegetation in the Serengeti begins to dry up at a certain point within the year. And so 
all of the vegetation begins to die and it begins to be a famine. So if they try to stay where they are, they're going to die. So they need to migrate where the land is shifting to where they can eat. The problem is where the, uh, where the topography shifts, it shifts on the other side, but it's past something called the Mara River. So in order to migrate where the food is, they got to cross the Mara River. Nothing wrong with that except for the fact that the Mara River is infested with crocodiles. So if they stay in the Serengeti and stay put, they're going to die. But if they move forward, it's likely they're going to die as well. So they got to figure out what they're going to do. And so since the vegetation has shift, shifted, guess who's hungry also? The crocodiles in the river are hungry too. But the wildebeest make up in their mind, if we migrate together, the crocodiles can't eat all of us at the same time. If we stay where we are, we have no chance of living. But if we move forward, it looks bad, it looks awful, and it looks like we're going to be in some pain. But if we make up in our mind, we're going to do it together, it's a possibility we might make it across. Everybody's not going to make it across, but the majority of us, we might make it if we move together. And what happens is the leader of the wildebeest, he makes up in his mind, I'll step in there first. Because what'll happen, it'll attract the crocodiles to me. And then the rest of y'all can come over on the other side. Well, let me tell you something. I'm your pastor and I'm stepping in first. So the devil can take his attention on me. But while he's messing with me, I want you to sneak behind me and I want you to go to the other side. I want you to take somebody with you. I want you to tell somebody about the love of Jesus. And don't you worry about me. I know how to fight my way through. I know how to wrestle my way through. I know how to shake stuff off of me. My faith is shaking, but I know how to shake back. I know how to fight back. I got the scars to prove it. I got scars to prove. I know what I'm doing. And if you trust me, we going to make it to the other side. Can't promise you it's gonna be easy. Can't promise you, you you're gonna get you're not gonna get nip, nibbled here and there. Can't promise you you're not gonna get scratched up here and there. But you old enough to know life has never been easy for you. And somehow you still here. And guess what? I got some crocodile devils to let them know we stomping on your head. I'm stepping in the river and I'm going to the other side and I'm trusting that God is gonna make a way. It's going to happen some way, somehow. It's going to happen. Trust and believe. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Put this up. And then we're going to close. Here's the conclusion of the message to button it all up for you. A shaken faith is a tested faith that may leave you shook. However, the work of God in your life will remain 
unshakable. In other words, what God has placed in you is not going to break in the shaking. It feels like you're going to break. It's, let, let, let me, uh, I, I know I'm closing. I promise I'm closing, but, but have you ever looked at your washing machine and actually seen that in order to get the dirt out, when you put the clothes in, there's some spinning that has to go on. There's some shaking that has to happen. There, there, there's some tumbling that has to happen. And when you pull them out of there and put them in the dryer, there's some heat that has to happen. There's some shaking. Have you ever listened to your dryer? Sometimes the dryer, it sounds like it's, it is beating the bejesus out of your clothes, but it's getting everything out that's not supposed to be there. And when you come out, you smell the way you're supposed to be. You smell like fabric softener. The stain has lifted off of you your life, but it's a process. This morning, as I was putting on this suit, I noticed that my pants were more wrinkled than I need them to be. I don't, I don't use an iron. I just throw stuff in the dryer. But there was something already in the dryer, so I went to go look for the iron, and I seen a steamer there. I was like, oh, actually, I'm just going to use this steamer. And then as I was heating it up and watching the, the uh, steam rise, a thought came to me. Nobody asked the fabric, do you want this heat on you? Nobody, when, when, when you get ready to iron something, you don't say, do you want this starch and this hotness on you? Only thing you care about is getting the wrinkles out. Yeah. So that the garment will be presentable. Sometimes God don't ask you ahead of time, can he put this heat on you? But he's not concerned about that. He's concerned that when you come out, that the wrinkles are gone. So yes, the heat is, it may come, but I promise you, when you show up, people are saying, man, you look good. Man, you look sharp, but they don't know the heat it took to look as sharp as you look. They don't know the shaking it took. To be where you are. And that's why you can't be jealous of people who are blessed. Because you don't know the hell they've been through to operate in the blessing they're operating in. And Deliverance Temple, we got a whole nother, nother level to go to. And when we actually hit it, it's a bunch of people that love us now. Because we're the church that accepts everybody, that loves on everybody. But baby, when the blessing hits, there's some folk that's not going to like us. They're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff, but I don't care what they say. We've been through enough hell in this place that whatever is coming our way, we deserve it. Don't let some person tell you when God bless you with a brand new house where you ain't got the, uh, you, you, it's not about material things. Do you know, I know it's not about material things. Do you know what I've been through? I would throw away a house to have some of the other stuff. But since this is all I have, let me enjoy whatever I'm going to enjoy. Don't you dumb yourself down for nobody. Whatever blessing comes your way, you deserve it all. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory. <clears throat> Pastor over there in the Bahamas with his feet kicked up. I sure am. 
And when I get back, I'm finding a way to go again. I done been through enough hell that whatever is coming my way, I'm going to enjoy it. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry for you. Serve it all. Shaking. I'm shook. But at the end of the day, all the real stuff is still remaining. Because I'm unshakable in a shaken faith. Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father God, once again, we're in a season that we did not ask for. Going through something unimaginable. But God, our hope is yet in you. And God, we are yet depending on you. There's some obvious things that are going on, but there's some underlying things going on that people have told nobody about. God, I pray whatever we need, send therapists our way, send whatever we need, send books, send people, the right people. God, help us come over this process, through this process intact. Don't let us lose our whole self in the battle. Sure, we'll lose some pieces here and there, but God, the whole of us, let us make it through. And God, we will tell people about your goodness, not just your goodness on the mountain, but your goodness in the valley, not just your goodness when life is bringing up, not just your goodness in springtime, but your goodness in frostbite in winter. God, we still believe you and we're trusting you and we thank you for it in Jesus name. Let everybody say amen. Amen. We say God bless you to you all. We love you dearly. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Amen. You are dismissed. We love you dearly. <laughs>